全ての中に使用としてことではないような完了プロセスで芸能です。なんかなんかスピーキングカーンスイングカーンコール。ユカンファインディズイディアツオンフェイスブック、ツイッター、インスタグラムやタンブラーにこれらのバカを検索できます。
That was uh, one of the geekiest houses ever. Yes, it was. <laughs> Listen, Sundays when they got back from church, we played Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for like hours. That was my first experience ever seeing Warhammer. I had no idea what the hell it was. So I... Was like, oh. I so I w- I liked Warhammer not for the actual playing because I'm I'm terrible at like dice games and like paying attention for that long for you know like sort of Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. So I'm like, oh, this takes forever to set up. Um, but I like the painting. Like when we would just like put out the table and like all of us kind of have a corner and like we just paint our guys. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. All of my I picked the dark elves because they had mo- more female characters. So mm-hmm. I painted all of my female characters X Men characters. Oh, nice. Which was which is fun. That's see, like it, it's funny because I played Warhammer a couple times, and the part you loved is the part I absolutely hate. I've always hated <laughs> models and painting and all that shit. Like I just just give it to me already assembled and looking pretty, and I'm done. And I'll, I'll take five hours to set up a game, uh, but maybe yeah, push it together yeah. or paint it. Oh. See, I, I, I like to accept because you know we like put on movies. So like we did like movie marathons, like we did like uh, Godfather marathon or. Jaws or Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, you know, we just put on like things that could just be like for six hours. So, and it, like you just zone out and you just, you know, paint your guys. And I don't know, I liked it. I thought it was fun, but I, I left them all to Chisholm, my cousin, so I was like, I'm not going to do anything with these. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's funny, our, our friend uh, Lee, he takes the, the little Hero Clicks figures. Mm-hmm. They generally are they're nice sculpts, but they're not always painted the best way. Mm-hmm. And he'll take paint thinner and strip them down to where they're clear. And then oh, he'll good. hand go in there and like repaint them. Dude, they like he could sell them on eBay and make a fortune because they just look fantastic. So. Um, uh, a, a, a friend of mine, she does the... Like, she learned it from, like, watching Pinterest or YouTube or something, but doing that with brat stalls where she, like, removes the whore makeup off of them and then, like, actually turns them into, like, dolls that people would like. Yeah. Um, but then, anyway, welcome to Toy Talk. Yeah, well, like I said, we, we, we all know that I'm not talented enough to do that because I can't even handle a gift basket with tissue paper. So. Girl, like, come on, it's not that hard. I, I don't know. I was maybe I was just in a hurry. But I was like, so we went to our friend's birthday party and went to Barnes and Noble and got her the Harry Potter card game, which actually is really cool. And mm-hmm. I got a little gift bag for her because I can't wrap stuff, and all I have was like snowman wrapping paper. And I got this really cool like lobe like of the world like uh, tissue paper, and it's like the box would barely fit in the bag. So I was like trying to stuff the tissue paper around it, and it was just like. It ended up looking like a pregnant walrus by the time I was done with it. No, and girl, it see, the same thing happened to me yesterday when um, they don't they didn't make a gift bag big enough for the stuff for the one year old birthday party I went to yesterday. Mm-hmm. They just wrap the top part of the part that sticks out of the bag with the tissue paper with like a couple pieces of tissue paper so it's not see through. And then you just kind of like stuff it around, but like make one side longer so it still like goes over like the part that sticks out. When you I'm come a, visit, you'll have to teach me the yeah, ways because there, there's I have a lot to learn from you. Yeah, tricks of the trade. The term you're looking for is you need to shush the tissue yeah, paper. Yeah, you just shush the shit out of that stuff. That's right. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> the Pinterest podcast. <laughs> I have a Pinterest. I don't know what the fuck to do with it. Me. So, so my, one of the one of the costume leaders like Quentin. Mm-hmm. You've got to get a Pinterest. You've got to get a Pinterest. It's where I get all of my ideas from. And I'm like, first of all, bitch, I, I get my ideas from my head. So thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, but now I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, I'll. I'll get a Pinterest. 
nope, it was not for me. Like, I kept getting, like, all these things. Uh, because you like this one thing. The one thing I learned how to do on Pinterest was to make jewels. Because I was going to mm-hmm. do it for Halloween last year. And it fucking failed miserably. So I was like, nope, Pinterest, you can fucking <laughs> suck it. I'll just do this on my own thing. Go! <laughs> my friend, when it first launched, she's like, oh, Adam, like, you love to cook. I'm like, well, yeah. She's like, you have to get Pinterest. There's so many cool ideas. Because she does, she actually should be a professional baker. She does, like, little cupcakes or, like, cakes for her kids. And I don't know how she does it because her kids are literally allergic to everything but, like, water and rice. So, and, so that's why she does it because she, yeah. she's got to make stuff that won't kill her children. <laughs> so, so when it's a birthday party, she has to make four different cakes because one kid can't do eggs and one can't do dairy and one can't do gluten. Uh, but every single one of them, it, it's like some, yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like something you see like on Cake Boss or like you know World's Greatest Baker. I mean, she is just absolutely fantastic. So Kim, I know you've listened to this podcast because of course you wouldn't be busy with your five children. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> she's listening to this as she's making seven cakes. Right. Right. <laughs> she doesn't have time to actually read the books. That's why she listens to us and has cute. <laughs> oh, oh, she, she did a Kahlua soaked uh, tiramisu one year. Oh, I'm getting drunk just thinking. Actually, I'm getting drunk because I'm drinking. So, anyways, <laughs> I so I just came from. Uh, hi, I'm Quentin. Everyone, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump right in since we're mm-hmm. drinks. So mm-hmm. hold on, um, I'm on it, I'm on it. Ignore her. She drinks. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so I just came from uh, a gender reveal party for friends who are having a baby I and saw it was your super pictures. fun. Yeah, it's, it was super cute and super fun. So they did this baseball full of chalk and glitter and he sm- so she threw it and he hit it and it burst in pink glitter and wonderfulness. So they're gonna have a little girl and it's very exciting. Um, but I today have been doing nothing but drinking Greyhounds, which is just vodka and um grapefruit juice and mm-hmm. I would watch the the young lady behind the bar make my drinks and she would fill it up half with vodka because you know usually like bars do like a shot maybe like a shot and a half she just like filled it up half and then poured grapefruit juice on top and I'm like yes <laughs> you are my friend we have a I, I learned that, I told you guys the loophole here in Utah is that if a bottle is labeled with flavoring you can kind of add as much as you want and free pour mm-hmm. it so you can take a bottle of Barton vodka and say flavoring but we go to a I won't say where it is so I don't want them to get, get in trouble because they've already been in trouble a couple times but there's a place that serves drinks that uh, we know the bartender and so I walked in he's like oh he always he always gets my first drink and that's, that's what he does he gets like a, a red solo cup fills it three quarters away with vodka and then tops it off with tonic water and limes wedge he's like here you go don't tell anyone I'm like okay and then of course you just revealed the secret on a podcast but I didn't say where it was or what his name was but I I do tip him very well so you didn't even say if it was Utah or not it is in Salt Lake City Mm -hmm. you you didn't have to say that man you could have said it was in (laughs) you could have said it was in uh, California or Arizona or whatever well no because it wouldn't matter there no that's true too (laughs) but Q those are states that treat you like adults I know it's awesome Uh, Q Huh. I believe you have an announcement to make. Oh, yeah! So, um, a few weeks ago, and, you know, it, it gets so crazy on here when we when we get together that sometimes I forget what I've told you guys and what I haven't. But, mm-hmm. so they, um, the D.C. area, it's called, they're called the Washington Area Theater Community Honors, or the Watch Awards. It's kind of like the community theaters around the um, D.C. Beltway's Tony Awards. So they awesome. did their... So they did their um, nominations. So th- they do calendar year. So it's shows that are from January to December. 
And um, I got two nominations this year. That is so which cool. Congratulations. Is, thank you. Which are my first Sweet. time being nominated. Well, technically, I was added in later because they forgot to put my name on it for set decoration for a show a couple years ago. <laughs> These are, like, my first time being, like, nominated by myself. So I got nominated um, as Edna and Hairspray. And um, my friend Ben also got nominated to be Wilbur, so we're nominated in the same category, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then um, I also got nominated for my costumes in 1776. So I feel pretty freaking awesome. Um, even even if I don't win, because like the watch awards are kind of like crazy the way they do them, and you know it's kind of it's not it's, sometimes it's not really like it's a bit of a popularity contest, and it's it's fine. I'm very happy. All right, how could there be anybody more popular than you, Q? I mean, uh, girl, well, because we're out here in Southern Maryland. All those people in Northern Virginia all know each other. And I, though mm -hmm. I do know a lot of those people as well. Um, but anyway, it's very it's very nice to be nominated, especially for our theater, which doesn't get a lot of acting nominations. It's very nice to get, to get some of those um, this year, especially for a show that I felt super awesome about. Um, you know, for me and Ben and and I, it's kind of weird because we're kind of like we should be like nominated together, like um, like the two girls from side um, from sideshow did the first year, mm -hmm. um, for the Tonys because it's kind of like our performances were really based off each other, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, it's super awesome. Um, the the awards aren't until March fifth, um, and my seamstress Carol is making me a dress out of Wonder Woman fabric. Nice. So I'm. Super excited <laughs> to go to the awards just just because I get to wear this dress that Carol is making me. I'm so super, super pumped. Yep, That's awesome. Pictures. Yeah. Okay, so also in big news, the prima ballerina for uh, Lord Doom's private ballet company we have with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't top that, can I? <laughs> no. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me on the Funny Books of Firewater podcast. Nowhere else, because I got so. Yeah, I got really drunk last night, and I'm still hungover from that one. <laughs> well, You're not thank you guys. I know, right? I bought a bottom of limoncello and discovered um, oh, limoncello, vodka, and tonic water. That thing is amazing. <gasps> honey, you don't mix limoncello. You just sip it. <laughs> there was not a lot of sipping. It was me in the bathtub. <laughs> and... I mean, like a diet coma. <laughs> so I'm just imagining you in the bathtub with, like... Right bubbles and rose petals and candles uh -huh. just drinking limoncello like crazy. A bath bomb was involved. It was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope it was a bath bomb. <laughs> No. I think, I think it was a Michael Bolton <laughs> is what I think it was. Michael oh. Bolton, my ass. <laughs> oh, I love, I love him so much for all the stuff he does with Lonely Island. Like, did you guys see Popstar? I have not. No, so no it's, one's it's, dead. I know, which is sad because it was one of the funniest movies last year. Now there's, <laughs> it, it's it's a fake mockumentary about this Justin Bieber-like character, uh, but everyone who's been a fan of Lonely Island since the beginning, like, there's mm -hmm. all kinds of great in jokes. And at the end, they do a huge song with Michael Bolton. That is funny. <laughs> and Justin Timberlake comes out as a fish. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. It's, uh, it's hilarious. Uh, if you ever watch um, uh, Honest <laughs> Trailers, yes, the one, the one for uh, oh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, they have Michael Bolton singing the creepy version of the lyrics for the for uh, Willy Wonka Chalk Factory it's pretty awesome actually. And then of course the head of the Sokovia Symphony Orchestra we have Adam. Hey, what's up everyone? I survived Sunday even though I know this is 
weeks in the future. Um, yeah, it was fun, actually. I, I didn't see any bad movies. I saw a couple I didn't like too much, but they weren't horrible, which is always kind of a nice change in pace. Uh, but yeah, so that's over with now. We're kind of getting back into the uh, the realm of seeing movies again, so I'll have a bunch of stuff coming up on uh, Big Chinese Robot and Bored as Hell with our good friend Andy. Hi, which Andy. actually will be... We'll be recording right after this. Uh, and keep an eye out because they are showing us Logan like in two weeks. And Ooh. if it's like they did with Apocalypse, they mm-hmm. dropped the embargo the day of. So you may be able to get a, our thoughts on that sh- sooner than we think because it comes out uh, March 3rd. So hopefully on February 17th or 18th, you'll get some uh, you'll get some thoughts from us. But that looks really cool. Uh, but yeah, just doing that, and we're we're doing inventory at work. So as I was explaining to Todd the other night, that's my new mm-hmm. nightmare. Um, <laughs> but then we've got we got Fanex after that. And I think I might be seeing well, I used to be seeing Brian then. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, so we, fingers crossed, I'll at least get on one panel. Yes, and speaking of Fanex, hey, I'm Brian, and uh, I am very proud to say, I'm very excited to say that I have. Reserved my spots for photo ops with both Stanley and Weird Al Yankovic. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I am really excited about it. Jess, uh, my wife, is really excited about Stanley. She's like, "You got to go, Stanley." And I'm like, "Of course," because like, mm-hmm. I love Stanley and I wish him all the best. But you don't really know how much longer he's going to be around. Yeah, he's uh, on my Deadpool this year. Oh, that's horrible. I want him to leave. <laughs> I want to get more years out of him. Like, I love Stan. Uh, him but- and Betty White. I love them both, but. It's getting that. It's getting to be time. They um, recorded his next se- um, six Marvel cameo yeah, yeah, movies yeah. all at the same time, just putting them in the bank. I know that. That's what suppressed me so much. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, Stan." So yeah. I'm excited about that. Jess is. I mean, she's not as excited about Weird Al as I am, but like Weird Al for me, that one's huge. I'm super excited about that as well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I'm actually probably going to buy a Hawaiian shirt specifically for the occasion. Uh, which would be well, awesome. They're trying to do a. They're they're working on hopefully doing a concert. Oh really? Yeah. I mean it's 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 really up in the air, and that's and that's something they put on their Facebook. It's not like insider knowledge or anything, but I know people mm-hmm. been asking for it, and they're like, you know, we're seeing what we can do, but obviously he's a busy person and he has contracts and stuff. But I mean, even if you well, just did like have a, to bring out the whole band. And if yeah. you've ever seen a Weird Al show, it's not like a simple like we just put a band on stage. Like there's a whole multimedia aspect to it, and there's costume changes. And like I don't think he would go half-assed. Is my if, personal if he just came in for his panel in the grand ballroom, if he just did like a one-hour concert, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, that'd I've be seen cool. Him. It's like an acoustic set or something like that, you know? Well, mm-hmm. or just accordion only or something like that. Yeah. So, anyways, didn't mean to bug a- your intro. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I I have a, a playlist on my Spotify that is just all of the polka medleys in a row uh, <laughs> it goes on for a while like if you look at all the albums there's a lot of polka medleys oh, so, so anyway so yeah i'm brian um i'm in southern california i'm working on a video game called comma or murder comma my friend or no killing comma my friend hey there we go uh mm-hmm. killing comma my friend have to say the comma because my wife doesn't like the title i don't know if i said on this one last time or not but they're hoping to have a playable demo out um by january or not january by march or the end of march so hopefully you There'll be one level out for people to play and try out. Um, And shortly thereafter, well, in fall, hopefully the game will come out and make lots of money so that then I can go do other things and actually make money off of it. So that being said, we are on, I don't know what episode this week is. I think it's 45 or so. Uh, But we're doing... 74. 74, 95, 1,000. It's 42. It is is 45. It's 45, actually. I was right. 45. Um, 45. Uh, we're coming up on a year mark, man. We could do an, we'll, we'll have to do an annual mm. or something. Uh, yeah, so we are doing our 
uh, spotlight on Brian K. Vaughn, a favorite author of mine and a few of us on the panels. And mm -hmm. this week we are doing one of his most recent uh, books. I mean, he's still doing Saga and a few other things, but this is one of the newer ones that come out. And this is the first book of Paper Girls. I think the second volume came out in December. So there's two trades out of it so far. First off, do we want to do drinking game first and then spoiler-free reviews? Yes. Or do you want to... Drinking okay. games. Drinking <laughs> games. Okay, so we're going to go with drinking games. And now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Rule one, the onomatopoeia rule. So anytime you see um, the big onomatopoeia words of like bang, crash, whatever. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about it. Rule two, the time and place rule. Every time you see a reference to either something from the 80s or something that shouldn't be in the 80s but is for some reason now you in the 80s. You dumb idiot. What? <laughs> yes! Rule three, the this ain't Chinese rule. Every time you see like the weird alien writing, like when they're talking their language, take a drink. And our final rule, the childhood memories rule. And uh, it's kind of related to time and place, but every time you see something that's saying, hey, I remember doing that as a kid, like the little three-wheeler set in the background of places, or you're like riding bikes, or one of those things of, was I drunk or kid, kind of a play on it. Q, do you have another one you want to throw out? Yeah, or are you so good? The, other, the other one that, that I was going to use, but I thought maybe <laughs> you guys were would, would use it, um, <laughs> but you didn't. I'm going to do, it's the That's So Gay rule. Anytime someone uses gay as, as a negative term yeah. in here, because, uh, you know, our, our one of our dear leading ladies is from a bit rougher part of the neighborhood and, you know, is the late 80s. Which, that was always something I found really weird just growing up, is that I think, I'll be honest with you, Q, before my parents met you, I don't necessarily know if they were insanely tolerant, but it was really weird that that word... You know, fuck, I probably could get away with better than saying the other F word. And so it was always very interesting to me. But that was a word that my parents were very, very much against. But I don't think I'd ever heard them say anything else pro or con homosexuals, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not going to lie. Up until like the so, you know, the first page is and we'll get that into the review. But, you know, like when we get to reality and she's attacked by those boys and then mm -hmm. like the next page is is Mac kind of going off on them. I almost was like, and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I see it, it. I'm glad that I turned to the next page when then Aaron was like, um, you can't say that. Like, that's actually yeah. really rude. I was like, okay. Okay, Brian K. Vaughn, you're not using this as a, as a, <laughs> as a thing. All right. I'm going to move yeah. on and get through this book. But yeah, I was, I literally was almost like, nope. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Yeah, I'd forgotten about that, and I went and read it again this morning. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that little element of it. But then, of course, yeah, same thing, redeemed itself. Well, Q, uh, what is your spoiler-free review? Would you recommend someone reading this book before we jump into our thoughts, or, or would you say that they should just listen to us whine about it? Um, no, I would, I would say go read it, and I'm definitely one where I would like to read more if I were to, you know, if I had free time. 
What is this free time you speak of? I, exactly. <laughs> okay, Adam, what's your what's your spoiler free thoughts? <clears throat> um, it's kind of funny when the Q mentioned when they when she calls the guy the you know the other word, F word. She, yeah, the other F word, and she calls him like an AIDS patient and stuff. And then I was like, it took me aback for a minute. I mean, because my thing is like I don't. You know, I, I obviously, if I would stop reading, I wouldn't be talking about it right now. But I was mm-hmm. kind of like, that's that's not like Brian K. Vaughn. I mean, he's more he's more intelligent mm-hmm. than that. And then I love the fact that the next section, they're like, no, dude, fuck you, you can't say that. And yeah, I, it's like, I, listen, bitch, don't say that. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of an. I think that was the point is that it's important yeah. for people to st- uh, stand up to their friends when they say things that are inappropriate. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But that being said, I I love this. It's uh, I think you actually mentioned Brian. It's kind of like Stranger Things, but with a girl all girl cast. Yeah. Um, and it's so much fun. It's interesting. Uh, it's, it's strangely enough, like I remember I mentioned this with Letter Forty Four that I was kind of annoyed when we got to the end and we really didn't know what was going on. Um, uh-huh. You still don't really know what's going on with this one either. It's all weird and like kind of convoluted and like time travelly. Yeah. I don't care because I'm having so much fun reading it. I guess it's just mm-hmm. it's it's more enjoyable to read than Letter Forty Four. Letter Forty Four just while it was good, it just seemed a bit more dour. So this was just kind of nice escapism. I want to talk about that later when mm-hmm. you know when we're actually like in when I can talk to new spoilers and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, because I, I again I, I I feel like we're like getting ahead of ourselves because we haven't mm-hmm. even like, taken our break yet. But we'll we'll, we'll continue Tomorrow. talking about that. No, I I, like <laughs> I do want to read more. Uh, like you said though, it's the whole like what the hell is free time kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Um, I will tack on to yours and say. That I also I, I liked it I liked it even I, I liked it the same or even more the second time I read it I think the just adding on to your thoughts about Letter Forty Four is I think this plot in the first book mm-hmm. goes further than Letter Forty Four did mm-hmm. Letter Forty Four yeah. sort of set up the world but didn't progress very far I think this one sets it up and progresses it much further in the five or six issues that this this trade contains than Letter Forty Four mm-hmm. did so for me it would also be a recommendation to read uh, Todd you're the last one up it's my least favorite Vaughn book really. Okay, yeah. but that but but that doesn't necessarily is not necessarily a negative thing. No, that's not necessarily saying you hate it. Would you would you recommend reading it or not? Yeah. Okay. Hater. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. Well, Todd, if it makes you feel better, Jess read it this morning as well because she had hoped to make it on the show, and mm-hmm. uh, she had a few issues with the book as well. Maybe your issues line up. She told me what her problems with it were, and so maybe sure. we'll. Uh, Maybe you'll have maybe you'll have an ally, even though she is not on the show today. She's uh, always my ally. Oh, you so. bastard! Uh, <laughs> well, cool, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, three three pro one kind of and oh, an absentee vote of. If you want to read it, this is your chance to do so. If you don't want to read it and you just want to hear us uh, spoil the hell out of it and whine and complain, then uh, you can keep plowing through. Otherwise, you know, pause, read it. Or if you've already read it, just plow on through. And uh, Mm -hmm. we will see you momentarily. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. So at this party today, at this general reveal party, um, we went in and um, the mom of the of the wife, the the pregnant lady, mm-hmm. came up to, came up to me in bed and she was like, "Hey boys, it's so good to see you. You know, hug, kiss." And then she was like, "So you guys are ready for fireball shots, right?" <laughs> and we were like, "Yes, please lead us to the bar." That must be like hanging out with my mom for you, or my mother-in-law for you. Mm-hmm. It's really right. funny. I'm really glad that I wasn't the one. At this reveal party, actually being the fa- the soon to be father and not even hit that baseball because we'd mm-hmm. still be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, 
father father of the of the bride was like, um, so who's gonna take my bet ten to one that he misses the first time? Well, <laughs> and if you if you watch the vi- so they took many practice goes at it like uh-huh. before like with like an actual baseball, um, but then uh, like if if you watch my video on Facebook. Um, you see that she's like, no, you have to come closer because she was really nervous that she was going to fuck it up too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, anyway. But yeah, I'm just glad it worked out. Uh, so, we are back. Mm-hmm. And uh, Q, are you prepared? Oh, God, that's right. I have to do this. <laughs> oh, fuck! Uh, this could be more fun with him being drunk. Why does it keep getting stuck on a loop? Stop! (laughs) Didn't it go like 10 times at one time? It did. That was awesome. Alright, so are you people people ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) I am feeling the fantasy right now. (laughs) Are you people ready? We're ready. Yep. Lightning round begins now. So it starts out, um, you can kind of already tell that it's a dream with this girl, Erin, and she sees an angel in a spacesuit who she thinks is uh, Krista Mc... Oh, I can't pronounce her last name. McAuliffe? The the lady who died in the Challenger. She's saying, oh, you're in heaven. The Russians killed everyone, but your little sister is in hell. And... (laughs) the demon that tries to kill her and she's like fuck you and they're like no you can't swear here and she's like nah whatever um there's lots of apple imagery that comes up later kids pay attention um and and also so number one i knew that i was gonna like this girl because fucking monster squad poster on her wall yes monster (laughs) squad what do you mean wolfman has nards um anyway look it up kids so she checks on her sister make sure that she's cool because you know she has dreams and it's, uh, you find out that it's November 1st, 1988, and she gets her newspapers and she goes to deliver them. So she, on her bike ride, she runs into some, uh, boys who are obviously still awake from Halloween. Uh, one's dressed as Freddy Krueger, one's a ninja, and one's a creepy fucking clown. So they're all like, oh, dude, uh, and it seems like they're gonna rape her, which is super creepy, because she's obviously, like, a yeah. little, um, one of them says grass on the field, gross. Um, and so then, so then the other three girls who are, um, paper girls, title, take a drink, um, she, (laughs) she, she calls them a very bad things and kind of, kind of scares the boys off. They're like, whatever, man, fuck you, bye. And so they're like, hey, hey, come on with us. Like, you know, we stick together to deliver these routes. And then you see there's these three creepy black dudes who have like weird looking eyes that's racist uh, they're dressed in black <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they split into two groups and new girl Erin goes with Mac who's you know the pink haired girl who's so cool cause she smokes and swears and so awesome and uh, they run to a cop and the cops are like uh, you're a terrible person and she's like fuck you cop so anyway they found out that the other two girls have just been attacked by the creepy dudes in black and they're like uh uh-uh, uh we're gonna go get that walkie-talkie back. They track him down to an abandoned house. They go down in the basement. And my favorite line, the entire thing is, yeah, because there's nothing scary about basements, which is awesome. She's like, I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So they go down. uh, So the four girls are Aaron, Mac, Tiffany, and KJ. 
And so they go down and they see this crazy looking capsule. Um, and Aaron seems very knowledgeable about a lot of things, which is kind of cool. And she's like, uh, kind of looks like an Apollo, like landing capsule kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, whatever. And it like kind of like goes off. And they're like, what was that? And now all of a sudden the sky is like pink and purple. And they're like, something's going on. And it seems like all the other people have disappeared. They see the dudes in black and they start chasing them. And they're speaking in weird Chinese. Uh, but that's not Chinese. Take a drink. <laughs> so so they kind of attack them. And the one girl rips off his, uh, Mac rips off his mask. And he's like, got like crazy metal wire things for his face. And obviously he's like deformed. And you know, the girls like attack them back. And so, they're, so those guys run away. Aaron finds this little piece of something, they don't really know what it is, and has an apple symbol on it. Again, apple kids, remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, like, there's another dude dressed in black who's, like, running away, and all of a sudden, like, this crazy creature leg is there, and he dies, and someone else takes the walkie-talkie. So they get to Aaron's house, and no one's there, and they're like, oh my gosh, where is everybody? The phone lines are dead. This is crazy. Uh, you know, what should we do? And they're like, uh, Mac's like, oh, we should go to my house because I've got a gun there. And they're like, okay. Uh, Aaron is like, uh, what if they're from the future? And which seems completely plausible. And they're talking, start talking about computers and that the fact that that symbol is on a computer at her school. They run into a werewolf. There's this guy in a werewolf costume who's like freaked out about what's going on. And they're like, oh, what's going on? Then all of a sudden he disappears and they look up and there's fucking like pterodactyls in the sky. And they're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? And they're like, okay, so we, so we got to go. So, so they get so they get to Mac's house and they're digging through her stuff and she's like I don't know where the gun is and then they meet uh, Mac's crazy drunk stepmother who's kind of a crazy bitch and she pulls out a gun to kill herself it's like no 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 don't don't shoot and then bang on a monopia take a drink mm-hmm. and uh, so then like there are these two teenagers out in the uh, out in the football field and they're like what's going on things are crazy and then dude on a pterodactyl like comes down and he talks in like a weird like Shakespearean kind of dialect and he like shoots them with his lance and they disappear so you're like what the fuck just happened with them so they're like oh the gun went off oh good no one shot except oh Aaron totally got shot in the stomach this is craziness people are terrible people and then you find out that Mac's mom has now disappeared. So, you know, they're all like, oh, we don't know what to do. This is all crazy. So Tiffany is like, well, I can drive. And it's like, oh, girl, are you sure that you can? So they get in the they get in the car. They start driving. Um, and also, like, their Cleveland's Preserver, like, truck, it also, like, is around a lot. So I'm like, something's going on with that, too. Just saying I'm pretty sure it's going to come up later. So they run into some more of the guys dressed in black, and then Aaron starts having hallucinations of um, Ronald Reagan, who gives her an apple, and again, apple imagery. See, how come no one did an apple imagery uh, drink? No. You know? yeah. um, so anyway, so then they run into the same dude um, who like shot the teenagers. Uh, and he, with his lance or whatever, because he has the walkie-talkie, and again, he talks in, like, this weird dialect, and he's all like, uh, you guys, like, we're gonna save you, and then he uses this translator thing, and then another bang, and, except it's the dudes in black, and they get the translator, and you find out that they're teenagers, and they're like, what the fuck? So then there's this dude with, like, an Apple telephone, but it has an eye in it, so I'm like, oh, it's an iPhone! Yuck, yuck, yuck. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, that, I, I had a good chuckle this morning when I read that. <laughs> and uh, so we answer it, and then there's a, uh, a lady who rides one of the pterodactyl things who's saying that, you know, the dude is dead, and obviously, like, these kids are you know, armed and dangerous, and the other teenager guys who have, like, fucked up faces, I don't know what's going on with them, um, you know, they're trying to talk, and you can, and then you find out that one of them's gay, and the girl's like, oh, these guys are prepaid, so it's like, shut up, bitch, like, these are cool, they just saved us. Um, so, and so they're trying to take them to try to get, um, Aaron... Um, you know, some medical attention, and then they're attacked by this crazy eye green thing. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, it grabs Tiffany, and she, like, her life flashes before her eyes, and all she's doing is playing Pong for, like, ten years. KJ saves her, and then the one dude who kind of looks like Frankenstein, like, shoots the fuck out of it, and, but the trans, the translator thing was a tracker, so they have to destroy that, so now the dudes are talking in not Chinese again. So then they take a drink, so then they get out into the woods again, and they're following the guys, and they're like, oh, we're gonna put her in, like, our spaceship, and they're like, no, uh, what are you doing with our friends? So then they leave, and they're like, oh, what the fuck, dude? So then Lady and the Pterodactyl shows up, and, um, so, Aaron wakes up in the, still in the pod, and there's, like, these crazy bug things that are somehow giving her medical attention. Insects. Yeah, insects. And so the guys are kind of explaining to her that they're time travelers-ish, and they kind of scavenge technology from time or whatever. And, uh, but, like, someone's, like, trying to mess with, like, their trajectory, so, like, things get messed up. So, anyway, so KJ somehow comes to the revelation that they need to, um, get back to the house that they were in. So then the lady with the pterodactyl comes in, and they totally bluff her with the with the gun again because the gun doesn't even have any bullets in it and she is like you know don't don't harm my bird and uh, mac accidentally shoots her like lance thing and they're like all right well we gotta go so then um you you see the old dude with his iphone again he is like all right i'm gonna take care of this myself and he's got all these pods with all the people in it so it's just very confusing so then Aaron has another dream about her dad's face melting, which is super disturbing. So then she's cool, and then she sees that, like, the guys have, like, phased into the pod, and it's, like, kind of sad because they died to get her back to the uh, pod with those in the house, and the girls find her, and they're like, all right, well, you know, what, you know, what do we do now? And then the dudes, the old dude wearing an Apple Records t-shirt is like, all right, girls, time to come out. We got to, you know, figure this out. And uh, Aaron uses the Apple device that she found earlier. And somehow they all get transported. When they wake up, it's only her, Mac, and Tiffany. Something's happened to KJ. And a car comes uh, towards them. And they're like, stop, 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 stop. And then you find out that it's Aaron as an adult who is driving the car. End of book one. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm going to start off right out with my cocktail, because I kind of like my cocktail. Um, and I think it ties, with, uh, ties in with this. This is called a cherry pop. 
um, which apparently is supposed to drink just like a cherry pop, which is really exciting. If I had the cherries here, I would have had it, or would have made it today, but I did not. And it's from the uh, the PDT uh, recipe book, which is PDT is a speakeasy in uh, New York, which is actually quite tasty. Um, you have to go through Griff's Hot Dogs to get in there. Um, you go to the uh, phone booth, and if you have a reservation or if they're ready for you, they will let you in. Uh, but so the cherry pop is two ounces of Plymouth gin, uh, one ounce of lemon juice, a half ounce of Luxardo maraschino liqueur, a uh, half ounce of simple syrup, and three pitted cherries. You're going to save one for garnish. So you muddle the two cherries with the simple syrup, add everything else, shake it with ice, uh, strain into a chilled rocks glass, and uh, it, for the added effect, which I think is pretty accurate and necessary here, they say that you should uh, fill it with uh, with pebbled ice, you know, like the ice you get at like Dairy Queen, like that very specific soda ice and then you garnish with a uh, with your extra cherry on top i don't know that just seemed very like 1980s soda fountainy you know kids riding bicycles in an alcoholic form so that was why i went with that cocktail the other thing i was going to point out q um uh when we kind of blew by it but when the uh the one futuristic creature-ish guy talks about his uh, boyfriend uh, mm. being killed and they go all ooh. I, I do like his comment on it. It's sort of similar to the redeeming quality of uh, the earlier scene with the bullies is he says, I forget you guys are from a more barbaric time or something to that effect of basically mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of like that it kind of points out you know, that, that things have evolved since 1988 which is kind of a nice little nod to it and like makes it so that I feel like you can kind of be semi-realistic as to what the language was and what kids' reaction would have been in the 80s compared to what a modern reader would read and make it a little less off-putting, I guess, is my thought. I want to jump in on that. Uh, anybody else got any thoughts they want to jump in on just start chomping at the bit with? So, mm-hmm. what I was going to say earlier, which one of the reasons that I think Adam may have liked this instead of uh, Letter 44 is that this book immediately made me feel like I was watching Stranger Things or Goonies <laughs> or Explorers or Monster Squad or any of those kind of or 80s movies. Yeah, like 80s movies starring kids. And mm-hmm. there is something mm-hmm. about that nostalgia effect and having teenage kids or like early teenage kids as the protagonist that make you immediately like it. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and I think that's why, like, if Letter 44 was starring kids, I'm pretty sure yeah. you probably would have <laughs> liked that better. Um, but but I, I, well, I, I, I think, mean, it also might be part of the time frame sort of situation, well, you well, know? And, and also, like, this takes place in the 80s, and it immediately has that 80s vibe. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of the draw into it. Um, there is a lot of 80s nostalgia thing as how that's our generation, and we're, you know, the middle-aged guys now. Oh. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Listen, you. Girl, I'm turning 35 this year. We are uh, definitely No, you're it. young. Um, Still a baby. So anyway, um, I, 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 think that, I think that's what it is. I think that's why we immediately kind of are drawn into it is because it is that, that sort of 80s nostalgia, you know, kids kind of thing. Um, so I'm, I mean, I liked the book. I thought I thought that it I thought that it was fun. I thought there were lots of different and interesting things happening in it that I would want to continue to read about again when I find time. Um, <laughs> I think that the four lead girls are different and interesting enough that it doesn't feel like it, none of them feel token without feeling like they're all the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I. 
And after reading that introduction of Mac, when I was like, ooh, girl, you said some not nice things. But then you're like, okay, like, you know what? It's kind of, it's kind of like how J.K. Rowling has since said that um, Ron Weasley's family, like the Weasleys, are kind of written to be slightly racist. Um, uh-huh. But in that they don't mean to be racist, they just don't know any better. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a thing. Whereas obviously, like uh, Malfoy's, they're they're racist and they don't yeah. have ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're like, no, no, no we're just better. Whereas yeah. to the Weasleys, they just don't know. They, they, they don't know any people to muggles. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. They don't mm-hmm. have any exposure. So, for, so Mac and this is she just doesn't have exposure. So, she, and she, you can tell that you know she kind of grew up a little rough. So mm-hmm. you know she probably heard all of these nasty things about. You know certain groups of people and stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. if, like you can almost forgive her for it. You're like, God, I hope you grow out of that really soon. Um, mm-hmm. No, no, I thought I thought it was fun. Um, I'll you know I'll let you guys talk about it. And mm-hmm. well, I think that's really interesting. Whole like you know growing out of a thing because I mean I, I would say that. I can probably say without a shadow of a doubt that most of my friends who are like I consider some of my closest friends now probably said and did some bad things when they were kids and that's kind of part of the growing process is mm-hmm. yeah I mean dude when I was in like third fourth grade we would go outside and play queer the, uh, smear the queer I played was, that game yeah it was yeah. It, it, back then like you know we didn't even think I have a second thought about you know what queer meant I mean I don't know if I knew the, the context of that phrase I knew the game I knew what that name was but I don't know if I necessarily knew if I knew what I don't know at that age I knew what the phrase queer meant I don't know if I was aware of what was going on I just knew it was like oh that's the guy with the ball you tackle him you know right but I think also too it's like my thing was going very sheltered was when when someone said you were gay as an insult as a kid I literally thought it meant stupid I I did not know Mm -hmm. that that meant homosexual Mm -hmm. I mean the joke I make is I'd sucked a dick before I knew what being gay was. Sometimes I think kids also use words not like you said, not knowing what they mean. Uh, and then mm-hmm. when you grow up and you're like, oh crap, like I shouldn't say that word. That's like a perfect example is there's a there's a word that starts with W that's a slang term for Mexican people. And mm-hmm. you know my parents used it when I was a kid because it wasn't a big deal. I remember I think my first day of school there was a little Mexican kid in the sandbox like, oh look, there's that W in the sandbox, and I got a letter sent home with me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, you know, and I think there's that sense of ignorance now. Obviously, this girl knew it meant was an insult, and who's to say whether she knew the context behind it? But if we want to go biblical, we can go the whole thing is, you know, when I was a child, I spake as a child, and when I became an adult, I put away childish things. And I think that's an important thing to realize that kids are going to say and do stupid things, and, you know, they need to be taught the correct way. And then, like the two guys said, like, oh, you're from a more barbaric time to where they'll grow into that place where now the childish things are put away and is no longer part of their you know vocabulary or even their thinking. But then with this administration, who knows what's going to happen. So. so I would like to point out that Adam quoted the Bible on a podcast highlighting booze and comic books. I'm just going to put that out there. Let you all absorb that for a second. <laughs> I think it was, was it... I think it was uh, Paul who said it somewhere in one of his in one of his letters. I, I I went to 14 years of Christian school and university, so look how. <laughs> Thought I know you're a little bit of a dissenter on this. Um, I will say that. Uh, so when I was talking to my wife about this book earlier today, the the one issue she had with this book, the biggest issue she had with this book, is she didn't feel like she didn't understand why any of the female characters would have actually been friends. And from a female perspective, I kind of get that. So kind of the way we're describing it is, is she felt like 
the girls were actually written like little boys. Because, like, if little boys were to be in that situation, they probably all would just naturally band together. She didn't feel like women would, like, little girls would actually do the same thing. She, she thought that that friendship was weird. She goes, she really enjoyed the character of Mac um, in particular. She liked that character, um, you know, a good, strong female character. But And I kind of see her perspective. She just didn't find that aspect of it realistic. That was sort of where her dissenting view was. Um, I also... I also wonder a little bit, because she was born a year before this book supposedly takes place, if, she, I mean, although she claims to be a child of the 80s, I don't think she necessarily has the references the rest of us do, who are a wee bit older, um, and, and so that might also be um, uh, a little bit of something that didn't necessarily, like, I think that's a hook that draws us in particular, um, our age group as an audience in, that may not work on a slightly younger audience, um, but, uh, I mean, that's that's that. But so, Todd, what, what are your thoughts on this? You know, while reading this, I mean, Vaughn wrote it, it's really well done. It's, it seems for a lot of that that the 80s is the gimmick. And it's very much written of, hey, let's take a story into the 80s, and it's kind of a nostalgic 80s reference. Because people are like, oh, we love the Goonies, we love Monster Squad. And there's even the face melting reminded me of Raiders of the Lost Ark from the dad's face face mm-hmm. melting. Okay. In that regard there. And there was a lot of, um, I think Jess put it well. I mean, I didn't think it's so much it's a, a bunch of girls behaving like guys. And I think that's a, there's a lot of mentality and point of view of the modern era of now being put into the 80s as attitudes. And very much saying, oh, they're using that epithet and someone else, hey, going, that's not right. I'm not sure that would it might have been said in the 80s but I really don't think that would have occurred and mm-hmm. it seems let's put the trappings of the 80s around it but it's it's for the nostalgia purposes I mean it kind of in a lot of ways you can tell the market he's kind of going after it's not actually I'm not quite sure I guess the market is for this middle-aged guys as a per se and you're reading it it's cool that girls are the lead characters and all but I really don't even find that gender being that matters that much in that regard oh really that's how I'm looking at it I mean and it's it was fine yeah just not that Vaughn has other stuff I'd rather read well, okay so here's the question though sure. um and, and this is up for everybody mm-hmm. Should the gender of a character really even matter? I mean, I guess in this case, you kind of could argue that it's deliberately titled Paper Girls, so that that should have something specifically to do with it. But, I mean, the fact that you could interplay, like, you could replace the female characters with male characters, or some half with male, half with female, and not necessarily change the plot outline of the story, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I think it's fine. I mean, even with this era, I mean, a good example, you have Ripley from the Alien franchise, or Uh you even have a Sarah Connor in that regard as well, playing the badass in Terminator 2. And so they've, they've had strong, like, action-oriented female characters, one or two. It was a bit more of a novelty then. Yeah, it's fine, but I'm just, I'm not saying it. It was a choice made that I don't think it was well executed, at least so far what I've read on this first trade. I don't really see it yeah. being there so much. But yeah. Hugh, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I like it. I'm tired of reading about stupid straight white boys. 
I mean, so yeah, no, I get that. So, so I'm I, I'm totally okay with it. I think that it's fine that if you think it's interchangeable, because I think the same could be said about the Goonies. Why weren't there more female characters in Goonies? Why yeah. weren't there more female characters in Monster Squad? Why weren't there more yeah. female? You know, so so to me, I'm like, well, and for example, Ripley was written as a male character until they cast the Corny Weaver. Uh, Sarah Connor, I mean, up until the point of this book, which is, you know, 1988, because um, Terminator 2 didn't come out until 92, um, Sarah Connor was sort of milk toast in, in that first one. I mean, it wasn't until the end when she wasn't really badass, she just could run better. <laughs> and get a, get away um, pretty well um, in that first Terminator movie. I wouldn't necessarily say that she was you know action oriented. It was just she was really good at escaping. For for me, I am totally okay with it. I think that um, I think that this book might be geared more towards a younger female audience, which is growing in um, the comics industry. With mm -hmm. um, even in Marvel, with uh, the new Ms. Marvel comics. With uh, America Chavez, who is, uh, you know, supposed to be, you know, the next best, best thing coming out of Marvel. Spider-Gwen, Gwenpool, you know, all of those kind of characters. I think that they're aiming for that um, younger female audience because they have been an ignored population for so long in comic books. You know, not every girl likes Wonder Woman. Just be, And, uh, you know, that's sort of like saying every boy likes Spider-Man. Not every girl likes, likes a Wonder Woman comic. Not every girl likes Batgirl. So, you know, some, some girls like you know, the sort of sci-fi thing. Uh, another thing that I really liked is the fact that Aaron is definitely, like, um, a person like us who, and again, I think this is why, um, you know, we kind of like it. She throws out, like, movie quotes yeah, and references, and the other girls are like, what are you talking about? Which would, in my opinion, be more stereotypical girls of the time uh, being like, yeah, I don't watch sci-fi, so I don't know what that means. Uh, where Aaron is like, why, you know, why don't you guys know what all of these movies are? Because it wasn't a quote girl movie that they would that they would have seen. Um, I don't. I mean, as far as Jess's comments about she doesn't think that the girls would necessarily band together. I say why? Yeah, I mean, and I can't necessarily speak for her. Um, I, I, I think yeah. part of it was is I think that she just didn't see. I think there wasn't a moment where they suddenly all... She didn't see them all join together. You know what I mean? I don't think she... She didn't see a, a logic in this plot as to them saying, oh, we have to band together to get through this that she felt was convincing. To be honest with you, though, too, is we work in, a, in an industry that uh, the women, in particular in this industry, are pretty cutthroat. So I know that uh, she does not necessarily have a lot of experience at work with women necessarily being too supportive of each other. So that might have just seemed like too far of a fetch. I mean, that's me definitely reading into it and way, way more. You know, Jess and I can definitely have this conversation the next time that we yeah. sit down and talk, but I'm also going to throw this out there. Jess is also an extremely smart, extremely attractive girl. Mm -hmm. So she probably does not have a lot of female friends correct and a lot of fe and a lot of female and a lot of sort of female acquaintances that she feels supported so when i worked at the mortgage company which was populated by uh, mostly women um 
the, we all hung out all the time together. The girls <laughs> all bonded, and you know, I'm still friends with them on Facebook, and I see all of them all the time posting pictures of you know going to this and that person's mm-hmm. you know baby shower or birthday or girls' night or you know any of that kind of stuff. So to me, I I see that all of the time. So for me to see, oh, it's these four girls who are probably the only girl news people, you know, like newsboys, uh-huh. you know, around. I I would, yeah, why? Why then? Why aren't they friends? Like to me, I would question. Well, why don't they stick together? And they even said, "Oh, you know, we met up last Halloween, and we're like, yeah, we should do this again next year." Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that these four girls are friends every weekend. Yeah. But I think, but I think that they saw the benefit of sticking together. And then when you know craziness ensues, obviously they're like, "Well, shit, you're the only four people that I know that you know we're you know here. are here right now." Yeah. And so, you know, obviously we have to get it together. And, you know, maybe Jess doesn't see, you know, that sort of click moment. But for me, uh, you know, they were they were already kind of together. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I guess I guess for me, and you know, I'm not a 12 year old girl. You are in a hard You know, if, if, if all of a sudden the sky turns pink and there's pterodactyls flying in the sky, I'm not running away from the four people that I know are cool. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to stick with them, uh, you know, and, until we figure shit out. So, yeah, no, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just I'm giving her her two cents and her perspective on it. Yeah. And, and, and again, I would love to discuss that with well, her. Well, hopefully she will, you know, you'll have the chance to chat with her. Uh, Adam, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, so actually, I'm going to throw out my uh, my drink really fast. So uh, as Q mentioned, there is lots of Apple imagery in here so i just kind of went with the uh, the classic apple teeny but with a little bit of a twist <laughs> i thought about doing that actually uh it's well i was going to do a different drink but i think i've done it before so i had to swap it up really fast so um i mean generally all the apple teenies i've always done have just been vodka and pucker you know shaken over ice and strained mm-hmm. uh but for this one you do uh one ounce of pucker apple pucker or i guess you could do any flavor if you want to do not apple. Uh, they actually, ooh, they, have a, they have fruit punch pucker, which is absolutely amazing. Like I'm a huge fruit <laughs> punch nerd. So, uh, random Adam facts. Hello. Uh, no. So <laughs> ounce of vodka, ounce of pucker, uh, and then the twist is you do a half ounce of triple sec, which kind of gives it more of a, like a bit more of a citrus flavor. And then I added uh, three dashes of orange bitters, and then you shake that over ice and you strain it into a very very well chilled martini glass and you can garnish uh some people do a cherry i don't do cherries uh so i like to do a very very almost paper thin sliced like granny apple or like kind of a tart apple that you can munch on while you're eating it drinking it so, nice. uh, it, yeah, it, it's nice because it's refreshing and you know you can you can have two or three of them and that's all you really need uh so i i did like this book a lot i'm really excited to go to go read more of it you know when that eventually that time happens and you know, some of the things we mentioned that I think the reason why I liked it more than the letter 44 uh, was one, like like you said, there's the nostalgia. I mean, I remember riding my bikes all over the place, being a kid in the 80s and early 90s, and you know, kind of having these these like make believe adventures with my friends. And so, you know, maybe you know, I remember God, when we were we were kids, we played Jaws, and one person on your bike would be the shark and chase everyone else, and we'd go, mm-hmm. you know, we pedal miles and miles away from home and no one cared because you know that was the early 90s and they didn't have the the fear we seem to have nowadays so that nostalgia is strong there but then uh yeah even though the story ends and we still don't know a lot of what's going on i think we're kind of almost more in the dark than we were at the beginning it seems like more things happen and more was 
in a sense accomplished because the characters actually one place did things we learned um, about the time travel part and I loved that they actually for the first time ever that I've ever seen in a book or a, uh, a comic book or a movie they acknowledge the fact that when you if you do time travel if time travel were to exist you'd also have to find a way to move the time machine because the earth wouldn't be in the same place that's like my <laughs> biggest like I was talking with a friend of ours about that uh, we were also talking about uh you know, the Bernstein, Bernstein Bears, the whole John Titer time mm-hmm. travel thing. And uh, we both were like, yeah, but if they did time travel, they'd be in a different place and you'd be dead. And like, they acknowledge it. They acknowledge it in this book. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so the science nerd in me, because I, I, I love reading about science. Like, I read and studied up on quantum physics and the existence of multiple of the, the multiverse theory um, and how they prove it in a lab. So that kind of stuff is just like, it feeds my inner nerd like crazy. So I was really glad to see that. Uh, it was fun. It was entertaining. Uh, I I kind of wish a woman would have been involved with writing this for the simple fact that, like you mentioned, they were written almost like they were little boys, but then they just kind of swapped genders. And when I was online, I did see uh, some people griping about the fact that it was an all-male creative team that put this together. Uh, so I can see where Jess is coming from, like why she would feel that way. Uh, but also, Q's point makes sense that when the world goes to shit and you've got four people who you know you can count on, even if they're not your best friends, you're going to stick together because it's survival at that point in time. So, mm-hmm. no, it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I actually read it last night and then read it again this morning. I think the last, I haven't done that with a comic in a while. Uh, so, yeah, I, I give it a high recommend. But just so you know, when you leave, you're going to – well, obviously, if you've got this far in the podcast, you know what the whole book's about. Uh, mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're going to know less than you did before. But I really like the, the color palette, how when they were outside, they used a lot of pastels and bright colors, uh, kind of reflecting how things would look with that neon sky as compared to when they were inside. Uh, it was very you know dreary, got more blues and, and dark commuted colors. Uh, so, yeah, it just it was a lot of fun. I, I'm really glad I read it. I'd never even heard of it before. So this is one of those those happy – those happy things that we I discover, and I'm excited to read more. Uh, Q, I don't think we have a cocktail from you yet. Oh, no. So mine is called um, The Adventure Girl, and uh, sort of a play on the fact that uh, Mac does say that she was that she's a Girl Scout. Not was, but is, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And um, so this drink is uh, Ford's, which I actually don't know what Ford's is. Does anyone know what that is? Off the top of the it's head? a gin. It's a gin. So Ford's it's a gin. Gin and then Bronca Menta, which I uh, also don't know what that is. What was it again? Bra- Bronca Menta. I'm assuming it's some, some sort of mint, um, mint liqueur. So then uh, a cream de cacao, lime juice, and uh, pieces of mint. So uh, you muddle the mint at the bottom of a glass. You then fill it like a third up with ice. Pour in all of the, the stuff. Let it all mix up, and then you garnish with a thin mint cookie and sprigs of mint. This Girl Scout cocktail. Yeah, so so it's a little Girl Scout cocktail called the Adventure Girl. Nice. The uh, Bronca Menta is a uh, bittersweet, syrupy liqueur that has uh, herbal flavors, and it's about 16 to 40% alcohol. Ooh. So. Good night, everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, so- it sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. It does sound fun. I like that after the fact. It sounds like you drink one of those drinks and then you realize I just ate an entire box of Girl yeah. Scout Thin Mints at once and I'm just feeling a little bit, uh, it was, was that the smartest thing? So, rolled in. My drink, I was trying to go for how 80s can I get? 
and the most 80s drink I could come across was the um, traditional hurricane in a hurricane glass. So it's got two ounces of dark rum, an ounce of passion fruit syrup, an ounce of fresh lime juice with an orange slice for garnish. And it just goes, I mean, with it, it's like, how 80s can you get kind of a deal? And I went with the drink for that. It's just the traditional hurricane. Okay. In that nice. regard. I was, uh, I was almost uh, wondering if someone was going to say Azima. <laughs> that. Zima was really more early 90s, in my was opinion. It? Uh, yeah, it was. We'll have to do something in the early 90s and recommend a Zima. <laughs> or maybe there's no real reason to recommend a Zima. No, you, well, you can't, you can't, you can't no buy it anyway. Um, no, I think it's dead now. It is course made it. Funny story with that is at Utah State, I have two roommates that like to get drunk but we're broke. And so they found a case of Zima on sale. And having never drank it before, purchased it. They each had one and they were so upset because it was terrible. And they didn't oh, you can uh, import a Zima from Japan. They still make it there. Of course But do. why would you? So, I mean, I, I, I think this is fun. I would definitely like to see where this is going. There, you, Obviously, Apple plays a part in this. And again, I think um, Brian K. Vaughn is, is a writer. You know, we, we've read, obviously, a couple of his books now. He obviously is a writer who has something to say and knows where he wants to go with the story. So I would definitely like to see where it is that he's going with this. Um, I think with Saga, because it was like a m much more of an, uh, an ongoing thing, with, and again, I don't know if Paper Girls is going to continue to be ongoing or if this is going to end soon. Like, you know, he's got a planned run and, you know, and then it's going to end kind of a thing. It definitely, it, he, he, it seems like he has a clear vision of where it is that he wants to go with it, and I definitely want to see where it, where it goes. You know, it is Brian K. Vaughn. It is well-crafted. He did a good job. And it might part of it be for me is the setting of the 80s in general. Because I'm not the biggest Goonies fans or... How dare you, Pine sir? Or, I know. But I see the 80s and I'm just kind of like, eh, you know? Just leave it there. It's a little bit of my attitude. Because I might have colored it as much as anything. But it's still Vaughn. It's still well-crafted and well-made. <laughs> Well, and, and so, so to kind of counteract that, like, obviously at the end of the story, they're in the present day. Well, uh, close to the present day, because, yeah, because Aaron is, is an adult. So to me, I'm like, you know, the, you know, maybe the rest of the story doesn't take place in the 80s. You know, it's just that the, right. yeah. Well, the way, I think it's going to skip, because the way it ends, it sounds like they skipped ahead in time, and now that uh, she's an adult, I think it's going to start, and the next issue is our present time. Yeah. So, so, so to me, I'm like, yeah, this first trade is the '80s, and so I get it why you wouldn't, you know, you know if you're not a big '80s fan, why, you, you know, why this first trade wouldn't get it. But obviously, it's not gonna stay in the '80s. So also, I am real curious as to where poor KJ ended up. That poor thing. <laughs> the other thing, reading it, and it's part of the chapter, whatnot, is they very specifically put the age of the girls at 12 in this regard, and I was feeling more like the 14. But, but the thing, like, for, for me, the, uh, first of all, girls mature faster than we do, and, and, and second, ever, any show or movie or whatever with boys, it's always around that 10 to 12, like, I mean, just look at Stranger Things that just happened, 
it's always that 10 to 12. And, you know, there's maybe, like, an older brother, you know, or or in Stranger case, Stranger Things case, the older sister. But it's almost always that sort of 10 to 12 range of kids. I just did a little research on your uh, on your thought as to how long this book will run. Uh-huh. Just a, And I found an interview um, from uh, L.A. Times, and they said, do you know how long uh, it's going to be run, or have you planned a finale? He says... Uh, Brian Kavon says, yeah, I never like to go into a story unless I know how it's going to end. There's always the fear that maybe people won't respond to the book, but it seems like our sales are already strong enough. I'm pretty confident that we will uh, get there. I don't want to give out an issue number, but I'll say that it will be shorter than something like Saga, which is meant to be huge, vast, and epic, but much longer than a miniseries. It will be a few years that we get to follow these girls. Okay. So it's 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 <laughs> there is an ending plan, but it's not going to be like ridiculously long. I would, I, mean, I don't know, based on that, I would say maybe six trades, mm-hmm. maybe. You know, that would be my guess. Quick internet research for you. Oh, you know what's so funny? I th- I knew this book sounded familiar. Uh, when the first issue of this came out, I was up at Dr. Volz, and one of the guys there was like, hey, you should pick this book up. It's really cool. You might like it. And so I threw it in my mm-hmm. bag to go home and read, and I never read it. <laughs> ah. But yeah, I remember when this came out, and everyone was raving about it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to check that out. And then I just, like, you know, I think, I think we were, I was picking up books to read for this show. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was. I was wondering why the, it was bugging me, like that little thing in the back of your head, like why it seemed so familiar. Um, and now I remember. I, I remember very specifically picking it up off the shelf and putting it in my bag. Cool. Well, does anybody else have any final thoughts or? No, I think I, I think I'm good. I'd say go read it. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to start off on uh, my recommendations. Um, our friend uh, uh, Maya, who is Adam's roommate, he was selling off some of his comic books last time I was in Utah to try to make some space so he could put a television in his bedroom because uh, he has way too many fucking comic books. Uh, so I, at the time, I bought um, his first five trades of uh, American Vampire by Scott Snyder, the same guy who's been writing Batman for a little while, brother of Zack Snyder, who has ruined some uh, superhero movies, but we won't hold that against him. Um, and I've talked to a few of the people who've read these books and have read the first trade and given up, or first two trades and given up. And I will say this. I did not like the first two trades. The third trade I really liked, the fourth trade I just finished and I am absolutely in love with. And I will say that you don't necessarily have to read the first two trades. So if you're interested in um, American Vampire, it may not necessarily be a bad idea to skip the first two and just jump in on uh, in at, uh, at three. Most of the time, all you really need to understand is that the main villain of Skinner Suite is a new kind of vampire who uh, doesn't have the issues with sunlight. And uh, that's about all the information you need to be able to jump into the story. Um, it sort of jumps through different decades. So like the first book is, first two books are kind of old west. The second book is like, World War Two-ish. The third, or uh, sorry, the third book is World War Two-ish. The fourth book, which I just read, is uh, is three different uh, like shorter stories that all take place in the 1950s, revolving around this world of, of new vampires in America, a different breed of vampires. I got to the fourth and started loving the hell out of it. Uh, so if it's something you've put down, it may be worth picking back up. But well, that's my two cents. Anybody else got anything they would like to recommend? Actually, what's really funny is I, I've got two recommendations now because yours talking about that reminded uh-huh. me there is a book series. Uh, the first book in the series is called Anno Dracula. Uh, it's uh-huh. written by a British writer named Kim Newman. And this, these stories, uh, the first one at least that I've read, I've, I'm still working my way through the series, are like, so what would have happened if when Dracula came to London he killed Van Helsing and took over. Okay. So it's kind of an alternate history. So he, he's in charge of everything. He's turned tons of people into vampires. So what if maybe, you know, because there's so many prostitute vampires now because people get bit and then they can't work anymore and become prostitutes. What if Jack the Ripper was a vampire hunter? 
you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so okay. it, it's really fun. It's really interesting. Uh, it's it, if you, I'm a huge vampire fan, and I mean real vampires, not sparkle fairies. Uh, <laughs> and it's one I hadn't written forever, but you're speaking about that reminded me. So you, you could probably get it for like a dollar on Amazon. So I picked it up mm-hmm. at like a, a DI. Uh, but it's really fun, really cool, and there's a whole series of them out. Like vampires end up turning good and becoming like World War II fighters and all that kind of cool mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, my recommendation for this week is. So they just released Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. Now I know that sounds stupid, <laughs> because it, um, but anyone who's been a fan of the the Kingdom Hearts games, it's uh, it's action adventure. Uh, takes place with uh, individual characters, unique characters, but also ties in. Hooray! It's, it's a podcast. Phone. Phone <laughs> it's been so long. Phone. It sure hasn't happened in a while, actually. I know. Um, there it goes. Yeah, there okay. Anyway, so uh, it it takes unique characters and then adds in uh, you, like you'll go to the Tarzan world and you'll see like Disney's Tarzan characters there, or you'll go to uh, you know Toontown and all of a sudden you've got like well not Toontown, what's another one? Um, like the Lion King level and you're a lion and you're fighting with Simba and everything, uh, but it also pulls in Final Fantasy elements. So suddenly you have Cloud or Sephiroth there, all these really cool characters, um, and they're really cool. But the they've been working on the third one for God knows how long now. Um, but this new one, the cool thing is, is that it's got something called. Uh, there was a game a couple, over a decade ago called Birth by Sleep, that was kind of an origin story. Uh, this one has a little three-hour game called Birth by Sleep: uh, Fragmented Journey or something like that. The reason why I'm recommending it is it's short, but uh, it's pretty much a, a Kingdom Hearts three demo. It's using the new Unreal system, uh, it's using the new combat system, and looks amazing. So if anyone is kind of what trying to like whet their appetite for this upcoming game that God knows when we're going to get it. Uh, this will not only kind of give you some backstory to everything and maybe let you play some games that came out on handheld systems you never got to, uh, but you really get a chance to see Kingdom Hearts 3, what it's going to be. And for those of us who've been fans since, God, like 2002 or 3, um, it's the closest we've had to a sequel in a long time, so it's a lot of fun. Hugh, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, yeah, so my recommendation is to just go and enjoy all of those great 80s movies, like Goonies <laughs> and Monster Squad and um, Explorers, which, um, while I was thinking of like all the movies to talk about, I was like, oh wait, what was that one where the kids build a spaceship and they go into space and they meet aliens that like music or whatever, and I was like, oh my god, Explorers! Oh, that's such a good movie with Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix. Oh wow, I don't even know if I know that one. Oh, oh. you've never seen that one. That one's amazing. Yes, it's a good one. I've never seen that one. So, um, yeah, the, go and then relive your childhoods and <laughs> go have some fun with all of that. Or if you're like Todd and obviously had a terrible one because he doesn't like those <laughs> movies, then I guess just go have a luxurious, not fun bubble bath and um, we'll be in a you. cry yourself to sleep. Yeah. Well, Todd, do you have any recommendations? Uh, I think I'm going to have another bath bomb okay. and a bubble bath after this one. <laughs> For reals, though, um, you know, I just finished reading Scott Snyder's run, Batman New 52 run, and it's really pretty good. So so he does that. I guess it starts with his first trade. I don't know. Scott Snyder's New 52 for Batman. It's is good. It, it Read it. Even Q uh, would like it. Owls? Yes, Quarter of the, the Owls. owls. How many trades is that? Because I'm about six in. There's um, ten in total. Okay. Nine are in paperback. The tenth's in hardcover. I haven't read the tenth one okay. yet. 
So, but Court of the Owls is actually a really great Batman story. So that should be for Q. Tom King takes over after that? Yeah, Tom King takes over. I haven't read of any of his current run is having mixed reviews, to say it best. No, I've liked it. I, I just read six like a little while ago. Um, I'm still trying to read mm-hmm. down my massive list of to-be-read stuff, and I have some other stuff that I really like, but I'm I'm in the middle of one book that's yeah. actually by Jonathan Hickman, and so far I'm liking it, but I'm hesitant to recommend it really? on this on this show yet. I'll talk <laughs> to you guys later off the air. I don't want to sit there and have it on record that I like, I'm liking it until I know whether or not I actually like it. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you guys off air, and, it, and I'm probably, I'm about halfway through, I'll probably finish it by the time we do the next episode, and, uh, and maybe it'll be recommended, or maybe it won't. So if you never hear about it again, either I forgot, or it wasn't as good as I was hoping it be. Next week, we are going to be doing our final Brian K. Vaughn book, and it was my gateway drug into Brian K. Vaughn. Um, it's a book called Why the Last Man, which one of the things I like about this book is every time I described it to somebody, I described it the same way. I said, okay, so every male creature on the planet except for one man and his pet monkey have been wiped out so he is the only man there and it sounds like the beginning of a porno but no 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 it goes the opposite direction uh because all the women who are left on the planet kind of feel like there's a reason why all the men are dead they want anything they even see resembling a man dead so now this man has to uh you know flee for his life he is trying to get across the world to get to his girlfriend who is currently in australia and uh his mother has uh ended up becoming basically the president of this new uh all female world and uh, she you know sends people to help with help him and he is uh, basically on a cross world journey to try to you know go hunt down his girlfriend and they learn uh, about this this different world as they go on this epic journey across the uh, across the United States and then eventually to Australia so that'll be next week and hopefully we'll have a special guest I'm not going to say it now yeah, we will because oh we will she, she will be here she for is sure so Pumped. So, uh, so yeah, join us next week for Why the Last Man, our last book. Uh, to give you a preview of what's coming up, um, I'm really excited about our month of March. We are doing um, all autobiographies. Um, we have a good list uh, coming up for March as well, so uh, we will probably give you a preview of that list next week. The books, when they arrived in the mail, they make me feel so fucking intellectual. It's not even funny because they're, like, nice and hardbound and, like, they look like, you know, real people books, not like, you know, the funny, silly books that we read on the show. So, um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we, if you want to quote the Bible in this one, so we're getting that's fancy. true. We did quote the Bible in this one. We're, see, this is what happens: is we we suddenly start becoming like totally lame. This is what's going to happen. Of course, we are on a podcast talking about comic books, so we're probably totally lame in the first place. But that being said, we love you all. This is a long episode. Looking at the yeah. timer right now. Um, but uh, yeah we love you all have a great evening uh, or day I guess as you're listening to this and uh, we will see you later bye y'all thank you for joining us for this week's episode this band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode until then you can find them on Facebook, Instagram and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up to date information as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes thank you for joining us and until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.